Hello and welcome to Odd Spots. My name is Ryan Mullen, and this is my podcast where I'm talking to so many different people in so many different places. On this episode, I talked to Danielle Allard. She is a singer-songwriter. She is also a teacher at Algonquin College. And you know what? You'll, you'll hear more about her in the episode. So how about we just get to one of her songs, you get an idea of, of what she sounds like, and then we'll go right into the episode. So here is Little Demons by Danielle Allard.
I'm here with Danielle Alar. Danielle, where are we? What does it look like? And what are the sounds we might be hearing during this podcast? During this podcast, we are in the Algonquin College Library right now, actually, in a periodical section that neither of us knew existed until now. Uh, we are surrounded by periodicals. <laughs> We're surrounded what is, by what does so periodical many mean? Books. What are those? So many books. And it looks like there's a whole lot of legal papers behind you, Ryan. Behind you is that's, Canadian criminal cases. There is that, we go. Yeah, reports. Yeah, I, guess that's, I guess that's what we're doing right yeah. now. It's, <laughs> a, it's a very strange ambiance for us. But I'm liking it because it's pretty quiet because we came to a library. Yeah, that's what I was hoping that for. Was smart. Uh, there actually is a printer to our right. I've, I've heard earlier some other people were printing. So I might hear that. But hopefully <laughs> it's just f- two or three pages and not too many. Just, just some quiet whispers of people working on group work around us. I've seen online you take a photo in a library <laughs> and you had the hashtag AC library selfie and I thought you must be the only person with that and then I clicked <laughs> on it to see how many other people and there were so many other people and then so they tagged many. you in it and that is because that's one of your projects that you had for your students. <laughs> yes yeah, so that's why I was surprised to find this room because I'm used to going to the book space. Okay. Um, I guess in my classes we don't have much need for periodicals but we usually go to the separate room which is where all of the books are housed and I teach one course that happens to have a research component. So just mm-hmm. bringing them to the library to show them how boss our librarian is okay. because she's just incredible. And then just to show them like books still exist. Kids, yeah. look, they're here. Uh, and so, yeah, they're, they're assignment. And at, at a few of us who teach here, we've kind of collaborated. So in all of our classes, it's kind of a competition, like whose students can take the coolest oh, wow. selfies okay. in the library. So <laughs> yeah. that's the assignment that we that's they have to That's for marketing? Go. Uh, yes, that's a, my public relations yeah. team. Okay, they're both uh, it's all the same. Okay, marketing and PR. Yeah, yeah, yes, okay. yeah. So there's marketing. Um, there's a program in the School of Business as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we have public relations, which is housed in media and design. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. So many programs. Yeah, <laughs> there are. Yeah, I took uh, TV broadcasting here and we did a, a project working with, I think, with the PR students. And that, that was a good, like, collaboration to be like, oh, we yes. have to work with this other group. And yes. I think there should be more of that between departments. Yeah, no, and then that's something that I'm really excited about now. Um, and media and design is a great area for that. And uh, we've been doing a lot of kind of departmental meetings to try to figure out how we can collaborate more across programs. Oh, yeah, cool. Which, yeah, you, I guess you'll be happy to hear that. Yeah. We're doing a whole lot more of that now. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. <laughs> uh, I want to start off by, I, I've heard you describe yourself as a weirdo <laughs> who loves other weirdos. And I would say I'm in the exact same boat. I, <laughs> I would say I'm weird and I love other weirdos. <laughs> mm-hmm. What makes you weird? What makes me weird? Um, And I guess that's just something that's carried over from childhood. I think the way that we perceive ourselves Mm -hmm. is really determined in childhood. So I always considered myself to be somebody who was weird because I found it really hard to communicate with people. And I found it really difficult to get on the same page with people my own age. Like all of my friends when I was a child were pretty much my teachers yeah. or people who were decades older than me, uh, which still seems to be the case as, yeah. I, as I get older. A lot of my friends are, are much older. but How much older? Oh, like I've, I've got a friend. Well, and I mean... Who would not be friends with this person? But she's in her 70s now. Okay. And uh, she went back to school to specialize in archaeology and Greek history. And she took scuba lessons. And now she just like travels the world doing archaeology in her 70s. Wow. So that's a pretty cool friend to <laughs> that have. That is pretty yes. cool. Yeah. <laughs> you get brought back some gifts from these archaeology <laughs> trips? Uh, well, more stories, okay, which, yeah. I'm, which I'm totally, better. totally yeah, down these to experiences listen to, to hear all that. of the stories. <laughs> that's yeah. cool. So being a weirdo, it's been something that's been good in my life because I think 
when I was younger, it kind of prompted me to start doing art as a way to start communicating with people who are at least artists, because mm-hmm. then we can get on the same page. And in music, I don't need words to communicate with you, but... I guess my preoccupation with not being able to communicate with people at a young age turned okay. into me going to school for communication yeah. and desperately <laughs> learning. Yeah, trying to figure out how to do that. Please tell me how to talk to people. Yeah. <laughs> I think maybe also kids, you hear that a lot as a kid, like that's weird, but they just mean different. Yes. Uh, that's the only difference. And now we appreciate other people's differences. Which is like, so great as an yeah. adult. I definitely consider being weird to be a wonderful superpower in adulthood. I remember one time I was a kid and, and the new Captain Underpants book came out and I loved those <laughs> books. And so I was I wanted to read it for a recess and so I sat down and I, I didn't even realize who I was sitting there next to it happened to be another kid reading the exact same book it just happened we were like sitting right like five feet from each other I, I didn't choose that I just we were, oh, we're both into this thing mm-hmm. and he looked at me and he said you freak like as if as what? if yeah i don't know i was so shocked and you're confused. telling me the story i was like oh now you're best friends. yeah we're best friends. no it was the opposite like he thought oh. that i was maybe i don't know it was just but yeah in the exact same thing maybe he was just a interesting kid that didn't know what we were i don't know he thought i was doing something or a prank or i don't know <laughs> i thought it was so weird but that stood out to me i'm like oh yeah. wow like this guy yeah you're exactly we should have been best friends yeah should have been but the idea that I would sit next to him. Misconnections. Yeah. You should check Craigslist and see if he actually wrote an ad just <laughs> yeah. to say Ran to the kid recently. that was reading Captain Underpants <laughs> yeah. in elementary school. I, I think we should that. be best friends. It's a new show on like <laughs> Netflix and there's like a movie. I'm like, oh, I would have really? loved that as a kid. Yeah, oh. I used to read all those. <laughs> <laughs> um, did, did you say like, so you were really good friends with your teachers a lot as a kid? Mm-hmm. Did that really help, or, uh, to, uh, help you decide to become a teacher? It's so funny because I when I first started teaching was always saying, Oh, I just kind of fell into this career. I'm just, Oh, I don't know how this happened, but it just happened. But I look back on my life and I've kind of always done peer mentoring, Mm -hmm. teaching assistant positions, um, back into elementary school. And I don't know if I I think the fact that where I am, where I am is because of my teachers and so many people who believed in me and, and helped me with the tough stuff that, Mm -hmm. It was kind of inevitable if I look back on my life. That, that this, yeah. But I never thought when I was a kid, like, I want to be a teacher when I grow mm-hmm. up. It was like, I want to be a brontosaurus when I grow up. <laughs> uh, but since I couldn't, I guess I became a teacher. And just earlier, you were helping a student <laughs> with a crisis scenario. And what is so it? You just really connected them and you really want to make sure that they're OK. Oh, for sure. And I, I mean, I, I think the college is, it's a really nice place for that because mm-hmm. I mean, people talk about teaching at college and teaching at university and it's um, a very different thing because then I would have hundreds of people sitting there watching a lecture, but I wouldn't necessarily have any part in the assessment or, okay, yeah. or the getting to know those 300 mm-hmm. people and trying yeah. to guide them. Um, I think in some cases, like I've got some classes of up to 60, so it gets to be pretty difficult mm-hmm. still, but um one of the great parts of these programs is that it just attracts so many interesting people and I'm assessing them all terms. So you get mm-hmm. to know people pretty well. So if somebody's in crisis, um, just reach out to your professors because we really do care. I think anybody who, who survives in the college system from a faculty perspective, like you have to really care um, about the success of all of these people. And that's a holistic thing. It's not just like, are you getting A pluses in my class? Like all of these external things impact my ability to teach. So I can only expect that those external things would impact somebody's ability to learn. So if we look at it from a human perspective, like 
help everybody and be <laughs> kind. <laughs> yeah, I definitely connect to like I've I went came right to college right out of high school, and whenever I would hear my other friends that were at university be like, "Oh, my teacher, Mister or Mrs. So and So," I'm like, "Oh, I got a teacher named Randy," <laughs> <laughs> and I loved the uh, yeah, just the first name basis as if they were just someone else that, that if oh maybe I didn't learn it in class, but I can go up to them afterwards and hey, I'm having trouble with this, and they're like, "Oh, for sure, I'll give you." Yeah. tips and tricks on how to do that and then For afterwards sure. now i still have some of my teachers still helping me out getting giving me opportunities and wanting to, and checking in and seeing how things are going and yeah and i think cool. that um there's a lot of parts of the job that you can feel like you're pretty isolated when you're teaching unless you're reaching out to people and building that community um and it can also just feel like it's a lot of work and you're overwhelmed by it a lot from the teaching side um but just those little successes and every teacher I talk to, it always becomes like, that is why we're here. <laughs> it's like seeing someone like that, that light bulb moment when somebody gets something or when they go out in the field and they get that job or they do these amazing projects. So that's why we're all here is for those moments. Mm -hmm. And I definitely not on a miss a basis. With no, my students. nobody calls you that. <laughs> no, no, that would be weird. Yeah, it would be. <laughs> Uh, you went to school, you went to Canterbury, right? For vocals. I did. And you, I've heard you say that it took you like two hours to drive because you were living in CARP. <laughs> like that is, that is a commitment. You must have <laughs> loved that program, right? It was an incredible program. And I was actually just back there volunteering oh, yeah? for um, a fundraising event a couple of weeks ago because they're still trying to fund the arts program. I, I, I feel like you shouldn't need to try so hard to fund such an incredible program, but also that that program should exist in every single high yeah. school. Um, and that was one of those things of being a weird kid and not fitting in. And so I had a lot of teachers, especially my art teachers, who took that human element and were like, well, we can't just continue to force you to try to learn in this situation. Uh, we're going to find outlets for you to deal with some of these things that you're mm -hmm. dealing with. And um, I ended up doing all of the art in yeah? elementary school. Okay, yeah. yeah. And my principal was just amazing at the time. And he had a background in music. And so he kind of looked at me and, and looked at my parents and said, well, there's, there's a better way for her and she doesn't need to be fed into the high school with every, everybody else who's now leaving this elementary school. And that yeah. there's this amazing program. So without him taking that second to care, I would never have known about that program. Oh wow! And I would not have been shuttled from CARP yeah. to Alta Vista every <laughs> oh, day God. for four years. <laughs> yeah. It was worth it. It was, it was worth, worth it, it now. <laughs> <laughs> Looking back yes. or at the time you're on the bus, you're like, Oh my God. So this much bus time yeah i had some nice friends on the bus that we yeah had that, that's good you gotta make some friends on the bus you get a lot of homework done when you're on the bus that much <laughs> yeah i can't imagine the winters like that yeah yeah <laughs> i missed math a class a lot which probably oh. also explains the fact that i'm in public relations and not yeah. a math related discipline <laughs> sometimes it'd be like three hours in the snowstorm to get to uh to get to school so it was good it was, <laughs> it good. was good to miss something <laughs> Yeah, I, I stopped math as soon as I could. Like yes. I remember in grade 11, I had to be in the university class, and mm -hmm. I should not have been. <laughs> but mm -hmm. it was full. The other class was full. The college level was full. So wow. I had to be in that. I'm like, and I needed like a tutor. You made I it needed, through. I made it through. You but, made it through. But like, uh, <laughs> my, I remember my last exam. Like I didn't know how to do the last graph, so I just drew a smiley face in it and hoped that <laughs> my teacher would appreciate. Maybe mm -hmm. hey, if I have like a yes or no moment, <laughs> give him the pass. He appreciates. <laughs> <laughs> That's positive. I drew you a smiley face. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I've listened to your uh, your music, uh, but I downloaded it on Spotify, mm -hmm. and I feel like the place that I listened to it wasn't great. I was just like walking down a road, and there was cars everywhere. <laughs> Obviously, the best place to listen to your music, I would say, is live. 
Would you oh, agree? Thank you. Like, right? Yeah, Wouldn't that I be the best? I appreciate it. You should come come hang out with me live. Um, mostly because I bring arts and crafts. Yeah. And stickers. <laughs> Every time? Quite often. Okay. Quite often. Wow. At least twice a month. But Wow, yeah. yeah. For your art night. Yes. Yeah, for okay. Art night. <laughs> but no, um, you can also listen to it on the side of the highway if that's what, no, you, but what, you, what you're if someone, is If right. someone is. No, it's. <laughs> I shouldn't, though. Uh, that was a mistake. <laughs> I feel like the best spot to listen to your music. I would feel like maybe like on a beach, like at night. It felt like you have, oh, you have songs I that like are very it. water-based, like yes. Shipwrecked and Island, yes. that I feel like, would you agree that they're very, it would seem like, yeah, like you'd see like the moon at night, it would go well with your music? For sure. And now and people always ask me what my genre is. So now it's going to be night beach music. Night Thanks. Beach music. <laughs> Thanks oh, great. That is, a, <laughs> that is a great genre that you <laughs> That we just created down. here today, yeah. folks. <laughs> yeah. Um, how would you describe your music? I think I've seen it before. What are the, like, mm. the different genres? Because yeah, you have so many and i love that hearing from one song to another having so many different sounds and i'm so glad because i think um going through the growing pains of figuring out what my sound was really happened in that first album chameleon mm. back in 2015 and i called it chameleon at first just because there were so many different feelings yeah and so okay. even just like the emotional roller coaster of listening yeah. to the different songs but then when we went to the studio trying to figure out what the sound was and and every different emotion for me kind of invoked a different genre so i was like well why okay. can't we just do different genres as well on one album. Yeah. Okay. I didn't realize the connection with the name, and that's oh, yeah. that's cool. And then that fits perfectly <laughs> then because I was like, where are the chameleons in this album? But it's the whole thing itself and yeah. how it makes. Well, the chameleons ended up actually everywhere for the launch. Uh, it wasn't that mm-hmm. the theme was strong. Yeah. <laughs> but no, that's where that kind of spawned was just out of the emotion and then all of the different genres and it's also kind of strategic because then you're sitting there it's like well what is my genre i'm mm-hmm. trying to write pop music because mm-hmm. pop music is what people listen to yeah. and pay money for and it goes on the radio for sure. but i do a lot of my writing on acoustic guitar so as soon as you do something on guitar it's got a little bit of a folk element um and then i mean the session players that i am just completely blessed to be able to hire and work with and perform with they're so crazy talented and a lot of them have a jazz background so their influence on a lot of this stuff and even live they'll just be improvising most of the time which is just for me (laughs) the most incredible thing to watch so then i just kind of throw that jazz piece in there um and those are the sounds but it's also just like when you think about all the main music festivals and you're trying to apply for music Uh, festivals most of them are pop jazz and folk Mm -hmm. so okay it's uh it's a little bit strategic what we're doing there and yeah i know you've done blues fest and also you were in the main stage for city folk right yes when did the nerves (laughs) kick in like how long before you did that were you realizing what you were going to do was it days weeks or just just hours or when did the that kick in for you so the booking was actually quite last minute oh, yeah. i found out on my birthday oh okay on august birthday. 29th <laughs> yeah, there you go. two weeks before the folk festival <laughs> wow. um and i think it was that moment i actually like cried when that offer came mm-hmm. in um and then just started freaking out at the exact same time because then i had to put together a five-piece band Okay. And then we had to rehearse for yeah. two weeks okay. after. <laughs> yeah. You're like, that's what I'm doing. I'm constantly going to be doing that. Yeah. And everything else is a, a distraction I need to focus on. Oh, I wish <laughs> I wish that was also a thing. And I think that's yeah. what helps with nerves is just booking yourself solid. Yeah, so yeah. you don't have time to, to think, freak out. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that was um, a really great show. It and went it was well. Really, yeah, it went well. That's and good. it was early in the day. So okay. it's definitely not, I mean, 
the 8 or 9 p.m. turnout that mm-hmm. you see in For all sure. of the in all of the images but a saturday afternoon mm-hmm. it, it's not a bad booking it was yeah. pretty it was pretty great and i think that what was really special too is that for the session players that I brought on, it was their first time performing at the festival and okay. their first time performing on the main stage. So yeah. it was like a big moment for all of us. So yeah. you kind of get to bond over that, which was nice. And party afterwards and celebrate what you guys just did and then get to go watch the other things after because you still had so much of the day. Yeah, right? for sure. So cool. yeah, I guess that's the beauty of it too was going early and then you get to just enjoy the rest rather than oh, absolutely. silently freaking out <laughs> yeah. on the inside. <laughs> that's definitely how I feel like when I see like a, a stand-up lineup like i'll see like yeah. if i'm on two or three i'm like yes, yes i'm yes. not last that way i don't have to just like not listen to anyone else and just try to like be in my own head <laughs> yep. and you see her up first like oh it's out of the way excellent i yeah. can enjoy myself i feel like second is the sweet spot like first mm-hmm. is like there's a lot of pressure and then you got to deal oh, with yeah. warming up the crowd but there's a reason first so is called good. bullet <laughs> yeah it's mm-hmm. not the best not the best yeah. <laughs> i've uh i've listened to i heard you recommend half moon run and I've never heard them before, and I really like them. Uh, their videos are so cool. I know. And, like, they're one, they have the uh, hands with the trees. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget what that one's called. It was really cool because they're just so simple yes. in, that, in that video. So simple, but also so creative. Yes. Where it's like, okay, we're just going to have hands popping on trees, but the way they execute it is so cool. Have yeah. you, I, I actually, I can't picture any of your music videos uh, off the top of my head mm-hmm. right now, but have you, like, how much going into music videos do you think of? Like, do you, uh, do you think of them at the same time when you have a song or is it much later? I would say that I like it when people kind of walk into my life and are like, I like this song and I want to make this oh, video based okay. on it. Um, I'm talking to you, Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because for me, I don't know much about the film process sure. and, and that whole uh, storyboarding and everything mm-hmm. else. Um, so if anybody wants to make videos with me, You're I always, am more yeah. than down to do that. Uh, but the process that we've used so far, it's been like the vision of whoever wants okay. to make a, a video and I and play you, along you, and collect yeah. resources and try to help them make it happen. Cool. Um, but no, when Half Moon Run, I saw them play because I was doing Blues Fest a few years ago. And then they were performing afterwards on a different stage. And so I just went out to go see them and just my whole brain exploded because you're watching these four people mm-hmm. all singing harmonies yeah. and they're singing beautifully. And then you're seeing them all switch instruments yeah. for the entire show. I've never heard of that Just before. Like, would, have you ever done anything like that? Like, would you switch from playing guitar to maybe a kazoo or something? <laughs> I have played yeah. both guitar and kazoo on stage. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, yes, uh, absolutely. <laughs> um, and I play piano as well. Yeah. So we usually just switch instruments. One thing we did, we performed a jazz fest a few years ago. And I uh, hired a trio. And so we had the piano player and the drummer swap instruments yeah. <laughs> uh, in a kind of a hilarious competitive way on okay. stage. Um, they were both soloing and then soloing on each other's instruments. Oh, wow. And it was okay. just very, very cool what <laughs> yeah, they did. Yeah, that's funny. Um, yeah, so we, we try to have fun on stage. Yeah. And I think switching instruments is just a super cool thing to watch, so just to watch these four people doing that. And just the rhythms that they use and the kinds of uh, melodies that they write. I just, I, I always really, really half moon run so i'm glad you checked them out yeah yeah i've I've listened to a bunch uh for blues fest you had done the body paint right from your chameleon album (laughs) yeah so that you like to put on like a a different type of show not just music but have like the visual aspect (laughs) too but that was connected to a book right that was a body paint book about concussions yeah i have a friend that uh she was just 
asking f uh, on Facebook, hey, does anyone know anything about concussions? And I had just heard that from you talking about it. Yep. And I posted that. Like, And so it's a book from Ottawa about people with concussions and their stories. Yes. And it's actually free for people in Ottawa. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> what, what is that about? Yeah. Like, how, how do you know so, that person? Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's a long story because I met her uh, doing um, a play at Canada Theatre okay. when we were 13. Oh, okay. Yes. And so she is um, a professional artist and she was doing a lot of that before she had multiple concussions. Oh, okay. And so that really impacted her life moving forward. And so she started to slowly start working again. And mm -hmm. so she'd book maybe one painting gig a month just to try to start working. And that was really hard on her. And so I ended up hiring her for this. And this was before she'd started working on the book. Hmm. And so she came in and, and it took her six hours to paint me for yeah. that <laughs> for that CD cover. And it was a 14-hour day for the rest of us. But she was just completely exhausted oh by the end. God. So I was so grateful that she was even able to come out and do that. Because yeah. her work is just amazing and so incredible. Yeah, it was. So she made it her mission to find a new way of sharing her story and to share more concussion related stories because mm -hmm. so many people were getting these traumatic brain injuries and then thinking I'm fine in a couple of weeks and then being hit again and then that makes it so much worse okay. so that it's to a point where if you have multiple concussions it's almost impossible to recover really so you're just experiencing oh, those wow. symptoms for the rest of your life because I, I actually, and I, I forget this mm -hmm. until now talking about it. <laughs> I had a concussion when I was in grade 10 or 11. Yeah. And I don't know if it, how it's affected me. Yes. Yeah. So um, a lot of people think, well, I feel better in a couple of weeks. So I'll just yeah. go out and I'll go play that sport again. Yeah. And so for her, it was volleyball. Okay. She just got hit in the head three times playing volleyball. But they were close enough that mm -hmm. it had huge impacts. Uh, and for me, my own concussion was hit once. And I probably took... A year and a half to recover fully but it, it was six months of really really negative impacts where I spent a month and a half in the dark I was not allowed to look at screens I was not really? allowed to do anything pretty much like exercise was limited to like five minutes a day okay uh, so most of that time was spent sleeping and then you're thinking well how are you gonna make money and be able to pay all your yeah. bills and be able to do all of these things um, so then I had to push myself, like I had to still come in and teach and mm -hmm. I had to do things, but like I would have a, a seven hour teaching day on a Thursday and yeah. then I would have to go home and I wouldn't wake up until Friday night. Like it was crazy. Yeah. So for her, it's like more people need to know that if you get hit in the head, it's a serious thing. Yeah. It's not a like, Oh, just wake up uh, every two hours for a night and you're fine because mm -hmm. you can have like vision problems. For me, I was really sensitive to light and to sound for a long time. Okay. So I pretty That's much existed good for what you're with earplugs. <laughs> like yeah. everything was earplugs. Okay. Yeah. Um, so no concussions are super serious. Yeah. So she released that book and there's just so many beautiful stories and she mm -hmm. painted all of these people and then yeah. shared the stories. All different body paint designs mm -hmm. uh yeah. what were some of the other cool ones um they were based on what people were saying was the worst symptom for them okay. so a lot of people was talking about um lack of focus being exhausted mm -hmm. not being able to remember things um feeling like you you've lost time you know, missing okay, memories yeah. and things like that yeah so wow. it was a really beautiful project and a really beautiful launch um but yeah we met when we were very young so it's just it was interesting because i was painted pre-concussion yeah and then that ended up just being brought into the book as well oh, as, okay wow 
yeah, I wasn't originally when that happened supposed yeah, to be in a book on concussions because I hadn't had one yet. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> that is weird yeah. the way that happens. Yeah, so when she put it in, it was talking about what the hardest part was for me was not being able to appreciate music or perform music in the same way because everything was so loud all mm -hmm. the time. Like this environment would be too loud for me. Really? Oh, yes. Wow. Yeah, and I tried to push myself. I think I gave myself seven days off. When I first went to the doctor, she was like, okay, I'm going to hand you a box of Kleenex just because I've known you your whole life, but you are not allowed to work this week. You need to rest. So I immediately cried. I'm like, oh my gosh, how am I going to not work? How do you answer like, your emails from the students? Like you were still teaching and all this stuff. Yeah. Well, that was in August. It was pre. Oh, okay. It was just leading up oh, to okay. it. So I had to take the time like, off. How are you? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, but I have three shows the weekend after. So yeah. I'm just going to go do those. By oh. the show three, I had to stop midway through the show because it felt like my brain was leaking out of my ears what does that mean it was painful <laughs> yeah. it was painful but your body tells you what your limits are and i think we all need to get better at listening to those limits because mm. there's serious repercussions down the road and for me continuing to push myself i think that led to a much longer recovery hmm. yeah so be careful with your brains everybody they're I, important i currently <laughs> have a friend who is uh achieving some great success mm -hmm. uh and is uh, pushing his body mm -hmm. to, to limits that uh, <laughs> that are kind of freaky, but still he's getting a lot of work done and accomplishing amazing things. Yeah. But as uh, he was comparing it to like Albert Einstein doesn't mm -hmm. sleep too much. He's like, and I'm sleeping less than him. And I'm like, oh, well, that's amazing that you're able to be on these levels of, <laughs> of geniuses and amazing people, yeah. but still kind of freaky. For sure. And I think that our culture, we um, we revere and we admire burnout. Mm -hmm. We just love bragging about who got the least amount of sleep and who is doing the most based on just doing terrible things to your body mm -hmm. in order to be that efficient. Uh, I think we're starting to move away from that, which is good. But I think there's this enormous pressure to constantly be efficient and constantly be working. Mm -hmm. And that was me, the the early 20s. And I, I, I definitely, like, I, I had to say no to something recently because I was like, no, I told my family I'm going to be Halloween decorating that day. Yeah. So I'm not going to work. And yeah. for me, years ago, that would be like, no, I can't say no to work. I'm not allowed to do that. Yeah. But now it's like, no, I need to schedule in that time and I'm allowed and I don't have mm -hmm. to feel guilty um, to be enjoying parts of life and not working 24 hours a day, seven days a week and only, only one suit. Cause I'm Albert Einstein who never sleeps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To have your health so you can continue to do these other things yes. rather than pushing yourself to a point where your brain's leaking out of your <laughs> body. Uh, yes. Yes. Metaphorically it wasn't actually yeah, leaking no. yet, but I felt like that was inevitable had I kept and going down. Do you that you think path. it was like obvious to the audience beforehand that things weren't going well or were they like in shock? Like, Whoa, you're not feeling good because you sound great like how did that how did people in the audience react um when you're like i'm done i gotta go yeah like, i'm not feeling good um when i had to take the time off of email and off of things i usually just make an announcement so that people know like mm -hmm. i'm not ignoring you yeah please don't write me angry messages <laughs> yeah. um so a lot of people knew that i had been diagnosed with a concussion mm -hmm. and that i got okay. hit in the head and that i needed to Doing take what? some time Oh, that's an even oh, longer okay, story, Okay, sorry. No, <laughs> no, 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 I got an acoustic guitar to the head. Oh. Um, it was okay. at a wrestling event. What? As one does. <laughs> okay. This is how most people get concussed, I assume. Is um, from wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> what? I was not wrestling. I will put that on the record. Okay. Uh, I was performing the anthems. Yeah. 
before because I do that sometimes at sports events. Oh, Canada. So I, I performed um, the Canadian and the American okay, National yeah. Anthem. And then uh, one wrestler hit another wrestler with a guitar. But I was because I had left the ring close enough to the ring that he hit the other guy who was fine because that part of the guitar, which I assumed was a stage guitar. And I'm like, that must be made of styrofoam. Um, I think they broken it apart before and then they glued it together so it okay, came apart yeah, more easily sure. but it was still a real guitar yeah. which was shocking to me especially when i got hit in the head with the fretboard part okay of the guitar that just flew off as it flew away into wow. the audience to directly yeah which <laughs> wow. is a solid story i think and oh, gave yeah. me a lot of street cred with the students definitely I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah <laughs> Whoa. That's an interesting thing about wrestling is um, I used to watch it as a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my best friends was so into it. I went to go see it live. And it's, it's people are like, oh, it's fake. It doesn't matter if what's happening between the people is fake. They're actually putting their bodies through these moves yes. and jumps and hits. Yes. That they're putting a toll on themselves. So those yes. aren't, that's not fake. Those are real tables and real chairs yeah. and real acoustic Maybe guitars. they're not brothers that hate each other or the stories that aren't mm-hmm. happening and those are all scripted. But oh, that, yeah. that's the fun drama part that people love about it. For sure. like the theater aspect yes. of it. Yes. <laughs> Until real things like Until real. <laughs> real acoustic guitar fretboards. Yeah. Yeah, so that was that story oh, okay. on how I got a yeah. concussion. So oh, okay. I, I people had actually witnessed that at the event as well. So mm-hmm. uh, some people already knew that that was happening. Um, so when it came down to me having to cancel the show, it was one of the Art Night series. Okay. So people, I normally know everybody who comes in anyways. Okay, yeah. And even if they weren't people I knew pre-Art Night, once mm-hmm. they start coming and they're regulars, you get to know everybody pretty and intimately. Your Art Night is music. Do you play music or a bunch of people playing music while people are drawing? It's a, or what is that all that's happening? Or is there other things happening or what's going on in it? Uh, so it's at a Stella Luna Gelato Cafe location once a month. So it's on okay. the Bank Street location at the end of the month. Okay. And then the mid month show is at the Wellington location of okay. that same gelato shop. Okay. So mostly <laughs> the show is eating gelato. <laughs> that's most mostly of what people that's are doing. What's happening. Um, but then. I just kind of realized as I was getting older that I still had music and I still had super fun things. And you're mm-hmm. here creating this podcast. And yeah. like, we just know how amazing creating things feels. It's fun. And it makes you happy. Yeah. And I feel like so many people get old and are like, well, I'm not a kid anymore, so I'm not allowed to do that. And I'm also not a professional, so I'm also not allowed to do that. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I just started bringing crafts because I was like, well, there are adult coloring books. And it was, this was around the time that they really started becoming a thing and yeah, everybody wanted very popular color. yeah so i started bringing them to shows and people just loved it and yeah. at first it was just at bars and people would yeah. walk in and be like oh, color crayons is ridiculous but three beers deep they're all over the crayons yeah. and they're all over the coloring books and so just bringing that over to the um gelato shop is just because it was a really calm cafe vibe mm-hmm. and it was just really nice that people yeah. could come and listen to some soft acoustic music and make some art and just be with each other on a Sunday night, avoiding the thought that they have to go to work on Monday uh, morning. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the worst things about Sundays is the next day. <laughs> it's the next day. So then we just, we, we hang out on Sunday. We pretend cool. it's not Sunday night, but uh, <laughs> this was the sixth year that it's been running. Oh, cool. So um, after the first couple of years, I was trying to find ways of, 
um, also giving friends a spotlight and an mm. opportunity to play and get paid. Yeah, uh, which that's don't always great. doesn't always happen when you're a musician. <laughs> no. So now it's, it just started do, doing that twice a month. It was only once a month before, but now it's twice, and it's a new singer songwriter every okay. edition. So okay, cool. I'll play a set. They'll play a set. And then you get to draw crabs, your chubby animals. Get to draw some. What chubby are the animals. best chubby animals to draw? Uh, pugs are really Those good. Are the best. Um, yeah, uh, frogs are also very easy. <laughs> Because they're already no, known they're already kind a of little as a bit, yeah. big. What about <laughs> corgis? Have you tried those? I have a friend who has a chubby corgi. I should try corgis. I, yeah. those, I mean, I've just seen it in real life so much that yes. I can picture it drawn. <laughs> For sure. For sure. Well, just that I'm only good at drawing cartoons. So okay. they just end up being chubby cartoon. <laughs> now corgis. I, uh, <laughs> and actually, are you okay if I play one of your songs at the beginning of this? Is For that sure. all right? Cool. Because the one I want to play, I've, um, <laughs> Little Demons. Yes. You've said Little Babies love dancing to Little Demons. Is that all Little Babies or just like the evil Little Babies? Uh, it's all Little Babies. All of them. And it's so funny because we talked about that concussion event. Yeah. Um, and, the, and the launch of that book. Because I think it was around 9.30 at night I was playing music at that launch. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was ending the evening with Little Demons. And I was like, oh, it's unfortunate that this is an adult event. It's 9.30 at night and I haven't seen any children. Yeah. Uh, but just rest assured, little children love this song. They just go nuts every time. I don't know what it is. <laughs> and then I start playing. And as I'm playing, I'm literally watching the audience part. Like I've been playing for 45 yeah, minutes and I've not, seen zero children. Yeah. And the audience starts parting. And there's this one little girl who's like knee height and she's pushing people's knees what? out of the way to just come up on stage and start dancing. And I don't know what it is. <laughs> That's amazing. It's so good That's though. That's so cool that you have it. That this is just a common thing with all of them. Just, just the babies. That connects to the they, babies. They like the rhythm, I guess. Yeah. And it's so funny because it's, um, I like burying because you because you write music and it's usually just like to get all the feelings out sure and sometimes you bury like a very sad song with super upbeat happy melodies absolutely uh, yeah. like little demons which is just about anxiety like that's mm-hmm. what that whole song is yeah. about uh and the babies love it the babies go nuts but i think that's some of the best stuff I got a lot of things i i got i'm a big fan of the new swears mm-hmm. and they like do you know them they're an Ottawa like punk band, okay. and they they have a lot of uh, kind of upbeat songs that can have some <laughs> lyrics that you're like, oh, well, this is that's pretty dark. <laughs> but like the music, like if you just heard the tune, yes. you're like, oh wow, this is yeah, light and fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then you hear other sneaky, t- yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, what was that? Oh yeah, so connected to the babies, I've read that <laughs> your first words were in song form. <laughs> yeah. What were those? Yeah. What, what does that mean? That's so funny because I, I I recently found myself watching all of the old home movies my parents made. Okay. And and thinking from an adult perspective, I'm like, wow, I'm so grateful that you made these home movies. Yeah. It's so lovely. Um, but I was very young when I started talking. Okay. Um, I was speaking apparently in full sentences at 18 months old. Wow. Um, and my aunt decided to use that superpower to teach me dirty jokes that I would then go around family reunions wow. and just recite terrible things That's that should awesome. definitely <laughs> not be said by yeah. a 1.5 year old. Yeah. yeah. But um, the first things like I didn't say no or yes or mom or dad 
Um, and it's so funny that I ended up being a musician because I think my dad knows in total five songs. Like oh, he's okay. only ever known five songs. What one of mean? them being Old McDonald's. Okay. And so he just always sings those five songs. Yeah. Those are the five songs that yeah. we know and we sing forever mm. and always. And so Old McDonald was one of them when I was a baby. And he used to sing it so much that I guess I just picked up on that. And so my first words were just in song form repeating back to him e-i-e-i-o oh okay those wow, are my cool. first what words. are the other four songs that your dad knows oh that's i don't think there's names for them oh. and i don't even know if some of them are official songs he made them himself they might like one's about coffee okay uh one is a banana advertisement from i don't know which decade okay and there might be a Rush song in there. Oh, okay. I don't know. He also knows Hotel California. So I tend to play that one pretty often because <laughs> yeah. he likes Probably. that one. That's yeah, good. that's one of the five. <laughs> it's funny how jingles can really, uh, I don't know, incept a person's mm-hmm. brain. Like, I, I forget what it was recently, but someone started at the beginning of it and I heard someone else like, finish it like they couldn't help but <laughs> be a part of this jingle because you just hear it so many times yes. from an advertisement yes. have you been, have you had anything like that have you been offered <laughs> any jingles or been part of anything like that um i haven't written a jingle before no, <laughs> no i haven't done that uh, but I just, when you say that, it makes me feel so bad for my mom again, because when we were children, she'd have to take us out shopping. And then if you'd ever go into a mall, my brother and I would sing every single jingle for every store that we would walk into for the duration we were in the store. Wow. And okay, again, yeah. being an adult, I'm like, sorry, mom, if you're listening, yeah. I apologize. <laughs> but no one else in your family is too musical? No. 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 <laughs> no. I tried to teach my dad the bass guitar once, okay. but the black lab didn't like it. Oh, he okay. barked a lot. Okay. So I think that was the end of the bass playing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and where how did it come to you? How did you know that was something that you could do or <laughs> That's a great question as well. I think I just started doing things when I was mm. a kid. Um, my parents say that the kind of the, the struggle with me was that I wanted to do too much. Yeah. And that I was just doing things all the time. And I was mm. like, yeah, I guess that's a lot of energy for you to have to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, but at first it was dancing. Um, and it's mostly because like my older sister was dancing. I wanted to dance. So I threw enough temper tantrums that they let me in two instead of the age of three, which was the minimum age. Um, I did theater and I think music, it really happened because of my teachers in elementary school. So because my principal had a background in piano playing, Mm -hmm. um, I started doing talent shows when I was really young and he would sometimes accompany me for them. So that kind of gives you the the confidence to keep singing or things like that. I started just playing around on the piano, but I didn't really take music seriously until I was 12 or 13 preparing for the audition for the school. Yeah, because it's like a big setup to audition for Canterbury, right? If you're not like, yeah, (laughs) was that that stressful? Yeah. Um, it was, yeah, I was terrified. Yeah. Like I think now, and I'm so excited because next week we get to talk about public speaking mm-hmm. and just building confidence in students. And that's my favorite part of teaching. I think is just yeah. giving people the confidence to like walk into any situation and it doesn't matter if you're freaking out on the inside, the more you push yourself through those situations, the easier it is. Because if you told me when I was preparing for that audition that I would be teaching professionally and on a stage, like 10 times a month minimum, I'd be like, yeah, "Yeah, no. Because at that point, like I was so nervous that I wouldn't eat for like two days before. I'd be so sick to my stomach. I couldn't eat. 
um, my first performance in grade nine, I pretty much almost passed out directly after just like the come down from the adrenaline and the lack of nutrients in my system. And then I was like, I need to figure out a better way. Like I should be able to eat um, yeah. and, and do normal human things <laughs> yeah. up to the point that I have to perform. Uh, but that took years and just mm-hmm. like pushing yourself through those terrible, terrible feelings mm-hmm. uh, that your body's failing you and that you're just like, you were, you were mentioning earlier that mm-hmm. you don't actually receive any information when you're watching people perform before you. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's so true. <laughs> yeah. I'm so in my own head of like trying to be like, what am I going to do? I was yeah. going. Yeah. Uh, but once you got into Canterbury, mm-hmm. they, you would do like, how many shows a year? Like 75 shows like per year, something like that? It was a lot. Um, uh, when I think back to grade 11 specifically, because I joined multiple projects as well. So we had like our main choir. We mm-hmm. had a treble chorus, which was okay. just for girls. And then we had sometimes like jazz chorus. And then I was in a Motown band. Okay. And that year I also started my own original project for yeah. the first time. Uh, I don't like it was definitely over 150 gigs that year. Oh, that was wow. madness. Yeah. yeah. I, being yeah. in high school too, like that. Yeah. Like I've seen your, your list. You've posted every single gig you've done for the past <laughs> however many years. That is amazing <laughs> that you have that, like to, to write that, to have that list like that is such a great resume. And just like for you also great, like memories, just like you read a line. You're like, Oh, I remember that night and that yes. night and that show. Like that's yeah. so cool that you've kept track of that. Uh, and I think that it's so important because when I look back, even like, things that happened in 2014 i don't remember most of those shows like it's okay when you when you you do it so much mm -hmm. it's just like oh well it's kind of a blur i know it was fun yeah um but i just started the performing arts program this year and one of their first assignments for me i was like i want you to not write your whole artistic bio but i want you to start that list Mm because you lose track of it so quickly because that's like when i think back to grade 11 i didn't write it all down and now i don't even remember some of the stuff i had to go through some yearbooks for that for that event a couple (laughs) weeks ago for the fundraising event and i was like we did that oh yeah wow that's actually pretty cool that that's a thing that we did yeah Yeah, that's cool uh i know when you were younger you were like really into egypt um (laughs) <laughs> and actually, I found out that music was a really big part of the Egypt culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, they would use it in rituals when trying to get like magic involved mm-hmm. or at parties or funerals and stuff like that. And apparently pro musicians were considered disreputable, disreputable and lowly in the society mm-hmm. and that they might earn. Apparently, I don't even know how much this means, but three shillings a night and they would get most of their money from the people at the parties. Yes. And uh, that's the best way I think I've heard you say to, is the, to perform is to be like at a house party. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my favorite comedians, his name's Todd Glass, and he does that where he'll have a drummer or a trumpet player or someone he'll invite them to the party everyone will think that they're just another party member yep. and then i'll be like hey i got this trumpet why, why don't you like do a little bit and then they just start <laughs> killing it on the trumpet and everyone's like what is happening <laughs> right amazing. now or they'll just like he'll hire people to play drums and then they'll play the drums to whatever the music that's playing mm-hmm. and so that live aspect like that's the most fun venue for you is that would you say that's the best kind of show absolutely yeah um and i think that it's going to be the economic model moving forward Mm -hmm. because it's if you're doing music like it's usually door deals so you're normally just trying desperately to get people to leave their house to come to this venue to pay a ticket so that you get a portion of those those sales um or the other thing that you're doing is mostly cover gigs so a lot of people end up doing those like 10 p.m to 2 a.m every thursday to saturday (sighs) 
and it's just like i'm too old for that ryan yeah. like i don't it, it, i am 85 on the inside oh, yeah. and it's just it's too late it's way past my bedtime so i do a lot of corporate stuff mm-hmm. but then you're hired to be background music and yeah. I like it. It's great. Mm-hmm. And there's the occasional person that walks up and is like, this is lovely. And people mm-hmm. appreciate it because they like the ambiance. Yeah. But it doesn't compare, like, if you want a performance experience yeah. and you want the opportunity to tell stories and share that space with people, um, the best is house concerts because they'll hire you. I've never I've never been hired to be, like, a sneak attack artist, though. That. that sounds pretty yeah. cool. You're just, like, meeting people and hanging out and, like, oh, yeah. what, is this a, do you have a guitar <laughs> back here behind this chair? Well, can I, like, just... Surprise! Yeah. And the people are like, whoa! And you're like, oh, this is my first time playing in years. I don't know. <laughs> Try someone like that. I, I, like, I haven't played in 15 years. Yeah. That's very like, cool. Like, wipe the dust off of it and be like well <laughs> put your own fake dust on you're <laughs> gonna have to go to the fake dust store yeah. and buy some fake dust yeah yeah but no but people don't realize that like one of the greatest ways you can support local comedians and local artists mm-hmm. is like are you having 20 of your closest friends over for any reason yeah just get them to set up in your living room and even if everybody pitches in 10 bucks that's more money than most people will see for a gig yeah and like oh throw a potluck everybody hangs out for a potluck but what's so nice about it is the interaction and what normally happens is just like you've got 20 people there you get to play music they get to lounge around sometimes i'll bring crafts if people ask that so like i've done parties in people's houses where everybody does the art night thing Mm -hmm. and then music but the most beautiful part is the in-between which is normally just like me talking into a microphone banter in between things there's yeah. no interaction with the audience at a mm-hmm. venue whereas at a house concert it's like ask me whatever questions you've ever wanted to know about being a professional yeah. musician and then hearing their stories as well in between it's it's really special that's super cool i've done i've done one uh house show for comedy and that was amazing yes. that was super cool it was uh, called jamaican me laugh oh people they gosh. made a bunch of jamaican food wow. and so beforehand we're all like all the comedians are like hanging out with the audience which was just the friends of this one guy yeah. who's in the in the comedy scene and then we're all just hanging out and then like after everyone was eating i couldn't really eat because i was <laughs> feeling nervous yeah, before and so i was like oh i can't enjoy all this amazing food <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but uh that was like one of my favorite times doing it not on a stage just in yeah. a living room mm-hmm. with other people having a good time yes uh, it's so it's so so good and and just getting to interact with people is i think what makes it the best kind like you're making more money than you would ever make yeah, elsewhere and you actually get to interact with people and build lasting relationships mm-hmm. yeah, yeah it's super cool mm-hmm. uh cool well thank you so much for coming on this i have yeah. one way that i uh <laughs> i like to end okay. where i have a, have a variety of ways so i'll give okay. you a list and you okay. can tell me just based off the title which one you'd like to do and i'll tell you what that means and we could wrap up after that i just like number four which is what the pod okay cool uh yeah um so i just have like i'm just uh obsessed with comedy podcasts or just podcasts in general mainly yeah. comedy ones and so i'm gonna i don't know go through a couple of the ones i like and you tell me what you think they are okay. what you think they're about and then we'll talk <laughs> oh about what they really gosh. Are. oh gosh um i'm not gonna be good at this game ryan oh it's okay uh okay i got one podcast called the mutant season what do you think that would be um i've been really into cbc stuff lately okay and so i've just been 
super digging on Kim's Convenience okay. and Shit's Creek. Okay. And so I just saw the episode in which um, Moira plays a mutant crow. So okay. that is that's, right that's, where my brain okay. goes to immediately. <laughs> mutant crows are taking over the world. And I don't know if this is a podcast about that or if this is the mutant crows making a podcast oh, and just announcing okay. to the world that like they that. are actually taking over. That w- that sounds good to me. <laughs> um, it actually is a, a podcast hosted by a, like an eight-year-old what? who uh, he, like, his like dad owned a place where like got him this convenient uh, opportunity Amazing. to have this podcast. But he's able to get on like amazing like, comedy guests like dan Harmon or pete holmes or whoever on them so it's really cool to hear his questions for them yes. and to hear them interact with the child yes. with like with like respectful and very honest and intelligent responses yes and so i thought that was just yeah a super cool one that That's i've listened to cool. i don't think they do it anymore but when i listened i was like whoa this is a cool way to hear yeah these people i like a normal podcast but okay talking to a kid well i guess i'm gonna go listen to that yeah, that's a good one uh what about off book what do you um, think that might be? Well, right away, obviously, like theater reference. So then I'm just assuming that you've put 40 theater kids in a room and handed them all a microphone so you can't actually <laughs> hear what's going on. That's what that podcast is about. It's just 40 people with a microphone and they're all theater kids. So they all just scream over one another. <laughs> it's funny. I bet. Actually, I, I know for a fact some people have uh, thought of a title for a podcast and they're like, oh, we have to do that now. <laughs> just yes. based off of the title. Yes. Uh, in that case, Off Book is a really cool one. It's a, again, yeah, you're right. Theater type people. Mm-hmm. Um it's a it's an improv musical podcast <laughs> where they'll the two people uh zach and jess will have a guest on mm-hmm. and they'll start having like just kind of a conversation about whatever their day's like or week or whatever and then if a person's like oh i don't know like i got in a car accident uh last week then they'll be okay and then they have a live piano player who will start <laughs> playing piano and then they'll start a musical where they it's about a car accident and they'll improvise the entire musical on the episode like it's amazing like i'm not musically talented or a pro improviser but it's just amazing to hear them on the spot creating these amazing songs okay. i definitely recommend you check out that one i need your whole list of recommended yeah, yeah. podcasts because yeah. this sounds more interesting than most of the ones that i'm recommended to listen to so oh, yeah okay yes. i definitely would say check out that one improv then, musical yeah that one's good and then let me find one more most of them like just have a person's name <laughs> or uh like, they, like, they're too obvious mm-hmm. of what they are. <laughs> uh, let me get one more. How about the Endless Honeymoon podcast? It's just gross things happening in my mind right now, Ryan. So <laughs> I can't really I can't really comment or answer that question. Endless right. Honeymoon. I got nothing. Uh, okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> we know what you're thinking. But uh, <laughs> the actual thing is it's uh, Moshe Kasher and Natasha Leggero. Okay. They're a comedy couple and they okay. have this podcast where they the only ones i've listened to are when they have other couples on mm-hmm. like uh and so they'll talk to them usually again comedy related either two comedians or a comedian and their wife or, or partner or whoever and uh they'll take questions from people live like they'll have people call in and they'll help them with their issues or sometimes they'll listen to secrets people just call in and leave an answer on their answer machine secrets that they have wow and to get to hear some of these secrets are very uh sometimes intense or dark Wow. And freaky to hear people. They're like, okay, well, I'll never tell this to anyone in person, but anonymously, I'll leave it on a podcast. And wow. you get to hear them kind of go, oh, wow, people are, my secrets aren't as bad compared to <laughs> other people's. Okay, good. 
good. Yeah. That, that, that podcast also sounds good for your yeah. mental health. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Kind of letting things out. Yeah. I think they actually have the, you can find the number online easily and you can leave your own. Wow. <laughs> you want to do that. Secrets. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. But yeah, wow. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, uh, that's what, what the pod is. That's, that's what that, beautiful. Because I just love podcasts so much. So well, I wanna, that's great. If you like this one, go check out all those that I listen to. <laughs> I learned a lot. So thank yeah. you. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, it's, I remember, like, I guess, probably seeing you around Algonquin playing music. And it's, it's so cool to be able to now talk to you and how, maybe work on some music videos together. For sure. That would be awesome. And thank you, Ryan. Uh, I, we met years ago because you were mm-hmm. just taking some incredible photographs. And it's always nice to see you just hanging out at events, <laughs> yeah. making everybody look beautiful. <laughs> so thank you. Uh, I don't have a sign off yet. <laughs> uh, we're out, gang. <laughs> Bye. Bye.